Head over to Hulu this March, where our new shows and movies will keep you streaming all month long. Catch the acclaimed movie All of Us Strangers, starring Paul Mescal and Andrew Scott. Stream the new Hulu original limited series, We Were the Lucky Ones, with Joey King and Logan Lerman. And don't forget about Grey's Anatomy. Every Grey's episode ever is now streaming on Hulu. So, what are you waiting for? Go stream something new on Hulu. Of Anaka and welcome to the World in Sport. I'm Vinnie Wiley. This week, Tahiti stunned the Cook Islands to win rugby's Oceania Cup. And we talk to the head coach of the Solomon Islands football team ahead of next month's World Cup qualifiers against New Zealand. But first, Alama Idamir has resigned as head coach of Manu Samoa after the team fell short of automatic qualification for the Rugby World Cup. The Manu lost all four tests in the June-July international window, including defeats to Tonga and Fiji in the Pacific Nations Cup. Idamir said the losses had proved costly for everyone and he must take full responsibility for the results. The chair of the Samoa Rugby Union, Prime Minister Tuileipa Salele Malialinga Oi, told Don Wiseman that Idamir's tenure did not bring the expected results. A coach that will win us games. Was he sacked? He uh, sent us his uh, resignation letter. Are you sorry to have him go? You cannot really uh, stop a person who comes and resigns to move on. And uh, I do not really know whether he has reached his depth. He has quite some time now with us, and uh, the results have not been favourable. So perhaps uh, he needs some time to think about his future too and uh, save us the trouble of having to make a choice whether to have him continue or not. So who are you looking at instead? We go through the same process of advertising and we still have time. One of the things that uh, I need to make mention of is that uh, with these small unions, uh, Samoa, Tonga, Fiji. The biggest problem we face always is money. The moment our government stops uh, funds to continue the sport, we wind up. And so uh, in relation to the choice of uh, the successor, we need to go through the proper processes of selecting a coach because these are part and parcels also of the support we get from IRP, despite the fact that we don't get enough from IRP to run our rugby. You need a major international sponsor, don't you? Yes. You, you, have, had, you have had the likes of, in the distant past, Faye Richwhite, I think. Um, are there others in the wings? Are there other possibilities out there? Well, we are still uh, looking around, uh, even with Faye Richwhite also. We spent uh, quite a few years to pay back uh, through advertisement of uh, Faye Richwhite on the jersey. Uh, it was not a straight-out uh, sponsor. That's Tuilepa Salele Malialinga Oi speaking with Don Wiseman. 
Tahiti have upset the Cook Islands 13 points to 9 to win the Oceania Cup and keep their Rugby World Cup qualifying hopes alive. The French Territory scored two unanswered tries and kept the Cookies scoreless in the second half in Rarotonga. The test was marred by ill-discipline with three players sent off among a flurry of eight cards. The president of Tahiti's rugby union, Charles Tozier, says their first ever win over the Cook Islands was one to remember. Uh, you're lucky. I think you're lucky. For, it was a nice game, tough game, but nice game. And uh, we win the game, so we think you're lucky. So, so we, we will more strongest on the, on the forward, and uh, we make the difference. And after, we have a, a, a game plan was better, because we put two too high, and Cook uh, put only three penalties. To go the whole game away from home, you obviously had a number of players that had travelled over from France uh, and to keep the home side scoreless in front of their home supporters. I understand the conditions were pretty tough as well. It was raining a lot, so to keep them scoreless in the second half and no tries for the game, you must be pretty proud of that effort. Yeah, because I, just, uh, I think uh, we have a problem. It was indiscipline for the both teams. So uh, because yeah, the game, during the game, it's been it's, uh, exceptional, you know. And I think that we have a problem of discipline. So the, the boys, Cook Island and Tahiti, uh, go out of the game. So um, Tahiti hadn't played for two years. You didn't have all of your best players in this game because, as you said previously, some are still over in France. So um, what, what, what happens now? How do you start planning for that home and away playoff next year? You have to work uh, hard because we know the next step is uh, higher. Best point, you have to work with discipline and, and keep and keep focus for the game. Obviously, uh, money... Financial is a problem. Financial yeah. is a problem because, uh, you know, we are a small union, so we have to go and, and, and find more sponsors and uh, think uh, 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 World Rugby will help us too. Do you think winning this game will, will help the exposure, help the um, your chances of getting sponsors and, and some funds? Because, you know, as... You know, it's a challenge not just for Tahiti, but all countries in this part of the world to to get exactly. to get money and, and to get more matches. It's a challenge for Oceania because now we represent uh, 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 Oceania, not Tahiti only. Next year, you'll have that home and away playoff. Do you are you confident that you will have more than just those eight players from France? That some of your best players will be available for those games because they're even more important than this weekend's game now. Uh, perhaps we can do better, and depends the date, and we have to find um, um, bigger sponsors, because if you want to bring more than eight players, you have to work, work for that. Do you think there's a chance, Charles, of getting some more international games before yeah, the yeah, playoff? Yeah, I think I have a chance, yeah, because uh, the sponsors will be very happy what you do. You come to Cook and beat Cook in Cook Island, so I think they trust us now and we will have more sponsors and uh, it will be more easy for us to organise and financial a uh, budget to the next round. That's Charles Tosier. Meanwhile, the president of the Cook Islands Rugby Union, Moana Moika'a, admits the loss is a major blow. Without having um, any Rugby World Cup pathway sort of in front of us, then um, obviously it, you know, it's back to the drawing board and, and seeing how that we can actually, um, you know, make some some progress on on today's game. You know, the problem is that you know we only play sort of like once or twice every two or three years. You know, you know, if you want to play um, international rugby, then uh, you know you've got to be playing all the time. One, two, three games every four years is, um, in my view, just not you know uh, just not good enough. So, 
you know, we have to sort of look at um, at where we can go to from here and uh, see how things sort of pan out. And I guess Tahiti have similar challenges because they were a part of the last Oceania Cup two years ago. The Cook Islands were not, but irrespective of that, all teams outside of Fiji, Samoa, Tonga and the Pacific Oceania region have challenges getting games. And, you know, Tahiti obviously had to fly over some players from France, but they don't often get to play together. So is this a collective a collective challenge for all of Oceania, you know, these second-tier, third-tier teams? Well, you, I think you put it, you put it uh, correctly. Um, you know, outside of the, the, big, the so-called big three, it's very hard, you know. Um, funding in terms of uh, uh, getting uh, players, funding in terms of travel. You know, the travel's uh, very costly in, um, in the Oceania or the Pacific uh, region. Um, so it's, it's very difficult, you know, to play regularly. You know, if we do want to play regularly, especially 15s, then, you know, we've got to sort of sort something out so that we're actually doing it all the time as opposed to two or three games every, you know, every two or three years. Because I guess whilst this is obviously a disappointing result for the Cook Islands, I mean, the reality is that, you know, Papua New Guinea, American Samoa, Solomon Islands, countries like that didn't even enter a team at this stage. That's obviously how challenging it is, even when a match is a potential you know, a part of a World Cup qualifying campaign, some teams are choosing not to enter because of financial realities. Of course, that's right. Um, it's it's, it's uh, funny because um, we sort of uh, discussed this briefly um, at the Oceania board meeting uh, in July, and um, you know, uh, you know, we had the Ocean, we just had the Oceania Cup, which finished today. You know, we've got the Oceania Sevens, which is really our flagship uh, tournament. Um, but uh, you could say most of the costs uh, or expenses associated with that um, are paid for by, by Oceania Rugby. But then uh, later on in the year, you have uh, the mini games to, in Vanuatu. And uh, also there, there, was, uh, there was supposed to be the um, Youth Olympic qualifier for sevens uh, for under 18. And, but I, I believe that's uh, going to be... Um, postponed to, to next year sometime. So, uh, one of, yeah, some of the things we, we talked about is how, how can we sort of assist our, our member unions, especially the smaller ones, you know, in, uh, in some way, so that they can get out and play, you know. Uh, the difference with sevens and fifteens is that, you know, obviously numbers, so um, it's, it's a bit easier for a lot of the smaller uh, member unions to travel when you've only got uh, 10 or 12 uh, players or to, to pay for, or 15 including management. It's different with the 15s. You have uh, up to 31 or, you know, you could have uh, one or two extras as well. So, you know, to, to try and uh, transport 30, 32, 33 people around the Pacific, you know, it can be quite difficult. With your World Cup journey now at an end, I mean, well, is it a case of just waiting two years at this point and, you know, do you, do you know what the next step is? I mean, uh, how many of these players are going to be, you know, a, a part of a potential squad in two, four years' time? Uh, or, or is, there, is a lot of that still up in the air? Yeah, well, that's a sixty-four million dollar question. You know, I think the guys are still hurting. We're, I suppose, we're we're still in a bit of shock. So it's our first game that we've actually lost against Katy. You know, in the forty years or so, or thirty-five years or so that we've played them. So I suppose, uh, you know, after today, uh, or probably come Monday, uh, we probably need to sit down with probably the coach, with probably the senior guys in the team, and, and say, hey, you know, <laughs> where to from here? That's Moana Moikaa. Solomon Islands football coach Felipe Vea-Arango says his side will be overwhelming underdogs when they take on New Zealand next month 
in the final stage of Oceania World Cup qualifying. The Benitos advanced to a home-and-away playoff against the All-Whites after back-to-back wins against Papua New Guinea, which saw them top their qualifying group ahead of Tahiti and PNG. Felipe Villarango originally arrived in Honiara in March to be the new technical director for the Solomon Islands Football Federation, but has been juggling both roles for close to four months. Technical director is, is really nice, actually, because in a country like this one, like I say, that it has so much things to do and it's very little developed. The technical director is a really nice job because very little that you see, that you do, you can see the results. Uh, coaching is what I actually like to do the most, but it's completely different roles because technical director, my day is over, I go home and I can relax. As a head coach, the day is never over. I go home and I start thinking about training and I start thinking about the players and I start thinking, what else can I do? Once these matches are complete, depending on what happens, what the outcome of those games is, do you, do you stay as technical director? I am doing both roles. So I have to make sure that even though I do my job as a coach and we do the right things to try to make the team competitive enough. For example, after the PNG matchups, the players were happy and celebrating and I couldn't even do it because next day I have meetings with the Olympic Committee and I have to work as a technical director. So it's a lot of work, both of them. Since you've been in Solomon Islands, uh, what you know, what, what have you learned about football in the country? What's surprised you uh, and what are some of the challenges that you've come across? that you do when you arrive to a new country as a technical director is to assess the situation of the game in the country. So the first thing that I find out that it was quite interesting is that 50-60% of the population are children and there is not a children league. So there is not an under-16, there is not an under-14, there is not an under-12. And they love football, which is even more interesting. So the first thing that you do is the problems and try to fix it. So we create the high school under 16 league, we create the high school under 19 league, we create the high school under 16 female league, uh, we create the futsal league for the schools under 14, under 12, under 10, and then I need to jump into the coaches' education because most of the coaches in the country didn't have any kind of license whatsoever. And it is impossible to have good players without good coaches. I mean, they go hand on hand. It's completely impossible. So that was quite a challenge just to deal with all of that. And in the meantime, because I am the technical director, I have to know what's going on with the national teams. And then I find out that the national team had two games to play, the two games against PNG, that they have a chance, uh, that people were not too happy with the former coach that there were some things that were not working. Uh, for example, the competition department wasn't working really well because in the game in Tahiri, uh, one of the players play with a suspension. Usually in a regular place that doesn't happen. Everybody knows who has a suspension and everybody knows that that player cannot play. And that player play, which means that things weren't working in a lot of different assets. And then they tell you that you, they want you to coach and you need to jump into coaching, but even though you jump into coaching, you have to make sure to find someone to be the competition manager. You need to find the goalkeeper coach, which goalkeeper coach in the, home, in the country there is just one, pretty much. Uh, you need to find physios, uh, the fitness. I don't have a fitness coach. I do the fitness myself as well. So a lot of work. Uh, it's a lot, a lot of work. What did you do when you took over for those two games against Papua New Guinea that you think made the difference and, and got you into this final stage against the All-Whites? What did you identify as ways you could improve the team? Well, the first thing that I did uh, pretty much 
uh, was speaking uh, with the former coach, with Moses Toata, and asked him which players he was calling to the national team. And then I had different meetings with different uh, ex-internationals, people that have been, been in the game for a while, to ask them their feedback about those internationals. And then I started training the team, and I realized that some people that were part of the squad, they shouldn't be there. So I pretty much changed things around a little. Uh, I started doing fitness tests. Uh, let's see who, who was fit and who didn't. Uh, I kicked some people out and I called another player that didn't ever been in the national team. I, I didn't call people based on names or any kind of situation with owner of clubs because for what they told me in the past, some people were just in the squad because they knew someone and stuff like that. So in my case, I don't have like I don't have to be nice to people from my city because I am not from here. I don't have to be nice from people from my village or stuff like that. I just base my selection in performance, in healthy lifestyle, in serious people that they really want to improve. And I start think, changing things around. Then the practice they got a little different. And most of the players they they told me even Henry Farao that played in the national team ten years. He told me they never, never seen practice like that. I start doing the practice more like uh, I did it when I was coaching in Spain, more professional science practice, uh, two hours practice with a lot of fitness, with a lot of ball, with a lot of tactics, fixing a lot of problems, and I think that made a difference, that the player kind of liked it, the player realized that people were on the team based in their skills and in their commitment and in their lifestyle that nobody was better than anybody else and I think that was the difference actually that the players saw that someone was doing the right job and that they follow up. And of course uh, taking on New Zealand in September is uh, another challenge altogether. Um, Obviously they've been the dominant team in the region for a long time but uh, how do you approach uh, those matches? Um, you know, what different uh, sort of tactics and, and preparation is required for those games? Well, playing New Zealand for us right now is a bonus. I mean, it's a bonus because a few months ago, uh, I don't think too many people were thinking that we were going to make it. But it's a bonus also that the players have get because they have been working really hard. Something really positive about playing New Zealand is that the players realize that if you work hard in life, most of the times things go your way, even though this is a sports and sometimes you work really hard and the other team is better and it's going to beat you. But they they are giving themselves a chance to play again. Uh, now, they are going to play a professional team, New Zealand. Everybody knows that New Zealand has been the best team in the region for many, many, many years. I don't think anybody has been there in many years. It is a extremely difficult challenge, like I say, because here in the Salomon, players are amateur players. We have problems that the New Zealand team is never going to have. For example, sometimes I go to practice and a few players that don't show up because they have malaria. Uh, another player showed up and he's been all day working in construction and he's extremely, extremely tired and he cannot do the fitness load that we do in practice because I will kill him, most likely. Uh, a lot of things that are completely different than New Zealand. Like I say, New Zealand has professional players. Uh, the New Zealand players are players that they live football. They, they eat really well based in football they take good rest the infrastructure of the federation everything here sometimes i don't even know what they eat or how they eat i don't even know how they sleep we are going to play a professional team and we are amateurs but at the same time i think it's a really important challenge for the players and if they want to go next level they are going to have to be competitive i mean it's going to be extremely extremely difficult
but I just want the players to understand there is a chance for them in their life to show that they can play in that level and maybe if some of them they see it as an opportunity because let's be honest life here is tough and some of the players that I have in the squad like Arkin Kawa is 21 years old and he does a really good job against New Zealand most likely next year he's playing overseas so they need to see this as an opportunity but they need to be aware that they are going to play a professional team and they need to do something extra if they want to have any kind of opportunity. That's the Solomon Islands football coach, Felipe Villa Arango, and that's the World in Sport for this week. I'm Vinnie Wiley. As always, thank you very much for listening. Head over to Hulu this March, where our new shows and movies will keep you streaming all month long. Catch the acclaimed movie, All of Us Strangers, starring Paul Mescal and Andrew Scott. Stream the new Hulu original limited series, We Were the Lucky Ones, with Joey King and Logan Lerman. And don't forget about Grey's Anatomy. Every Grey's episode ever is now streaming on Hulu. So, what are you waiting for? Go stream something new on Hulu.